Welcome back to those of you who have listened to us before, and thank you to those who are joining us for the first time. Welcome to the full time out with your coaches, Bruce and Mike. Today's episode, today's segment, we're going to cover a couple topics, you know, take up a little bit of your time. We're going to talk about point guards. We're point guards ourselves. We just want to know which do you identify with more as having on your team, a big point guard or a little point guard. I'm going to break that down a little bit as well. We're going to talk about these players, uh, whether they're in high school or in college, who are moving across states just to compete better, to play against better competition. And we can talk about how that affects the basketball world. And then we're also going to talk about parent coaches, how some people who are parents and they're coaching their kids on a team, how does that affect that player? How does that affect the team? Today, we're going to kick it off with a talk about point guards. Uh, Your host, your coaches, Coach Mike and myself, we both played the point guard position. Uh, Coach Mike played semi-pro at the highest level. I played in college at the highest level, Division III. Um, but, Coach Mike, um, when you're thinking about your team or some somebody that you want to, you know, mold and build, do you think that the point guard is better as a big point guard or a smaller point guard? What you got? We'll specify big guards are – uh, six two, six three to six eight, and then anything below six two, six three is a little guard, right? We have a little guard. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot of, it's a lot of, it's a lot of inside out. You know, um, with a big guard, me as a coach, I'm utilizing his size because he has a mismatch every single time down the floor. Especially at the high school level, if you a six five point guard and you in high school, it's not you, a lot of players who who are your height. Exactly. So you have a mismatch everywhere. So we might slow the game down and just pass to a wing. You sit down and seal on the block when you cut through. You know because you have a guard like me guarding you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like or. Then at that point, if we switch it and you got a big guard in you, which is probably your size, but he's not as athletic or agile as you, you know, now we still slowing it down. But now it's almost like an ISO situation with you because you can do whatever you want to this big and get to the basket. Yeah. See, my, my preference, if I had to choose, um, I, I like how you broke it down. So, yes, I'm a small guard, too. I'm 5'8". Mm. But... I don't know. It just, if I have somebody who's six, let's say six, three, six, four, and I'm coaching them, mm-hmm. you know, children nowadays are a lot different than what we're accustomed to. So the athletic yep. ability will be there. They're kind they probably be a, a smaller, you know, if they had going to the next level, they got the hype and stuff like that. So yeah, around six, three, you know, that's probably like a medium, I guess. But if that kid can shoot the ball, if that kid can get to the basket, you know, he almost is going to do similar things that the small, quote-unquote, small guards can do. With mm. him with that size, it's like, oh, I get a combination. You, you know, so like 6'5", I think sometimes uh, coaches will say, oh, well, he's 6'5", so we need to exploit this or exploit that. But 
to an extent, you got to let him hoop. Mm-hmm. He, he has to be the person who who knows and identifies some of those matchups as well. Now, as coaches, we're definitely going to say, all right, you know, we got to get you there. You know, we got to run this play to get you going. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I'm 6'4", 6'3", and I do understand that this big is on me, all right, big's probably going to sag off too far. I'm open. Let's knock it down. If he's over-aggressive as a big, that's when I break him down. I can get to the rack. You, you know, so I would, I personally would say with how basketball goes today, if you got a bigger guard, point guard on your team, that that person has to be able to handle the ball, of course, you know, even with his size and having smaller defenders on him. And he got to be able to shoot. Like when, yeah. when we were coming up, shooting what shooting was okay, but you, if you were small and you could still score, it was it was still like all right. But now, like if you can't shoot the three ball and you small, you might as well not even be on the floor for real. Basically. So that, basically, so that's what I. Do. <clears throat> um. So so you would choose a big. I, I, I would choose. I would, a big choose, a, I would choose. I ain't gonna say necessarily big, like obnoxiously big, like six five or six six. But but if you had it, though, so, I mean, I guess it all predicates on what you have. Like, me personally, if I have a 6'6 six, six guy that can handle the ball and I have a 5'6 guy that can handle the ball, right, I'm going to put the little dude at the one. Absolutely. And I'm going to put the big at the two. Absolutely. Like, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do naturally because I can do so much with it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that's why I think we need to shoot. Like, that's how we have to predicate it. Like, it has to be – you have both of them. They both raw. They both can do everything. They can do everything the same. Oh, right? if that's the case, then I – Which one is playing the point Yeah, guard? if that's the case, the, the smaller guard is definitely the one. Okay. Just, you cannot put him anywhere else on the floor. But why can't you, though? Why can't you? So, at the two position, mm-hmm. I mean – I guess with you, I guess you technically can because they're going. The defense is probably going to match up the same way, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but that that's so that's so thin line because now it's like okay, it's positionless. I mean, yeah, bro. Because you got to look at it like this. You got to look at it like this. With both players, you can do so. You can do so many different exactly. things. You can do so many different. Things. So let, let's just move it to the NBA, right? So Luca. He's a six eight point guard, right? He's a six eight point guard. So even in the league, he's huge at that position. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, at that position, at that position, he is huge, right? So it's like what you have to take advantage of that. If you have a player that is that big and can run that position can handle the ball, can shoot, can can finish at the rim, can finish mid-range, everything like that, I feel like you, it's easier just to have the ball in his hands because you can do so much with it, right? So, like, me as a coach, if I have both on my team, some plays, it might be little Tony bring the ball right. up. That's five, six, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know? And, and I, I think, and I think we're some, saying the same thing just differently because yeah. – I, I'm telling you, I would I would definitely do the same the same thing. But 
if I had to designate them as a position, mm. then according to the books, you know, Lil Tony, as you said, he's going to be <laughs> the starting point guard. You know, yeah. because if I yeah. do have this other guy who's, you know, let's say 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, you mm. know, can shoot at a high clip, handle the ball very well, then, yeah, of course it's going to be sometimes where it's like, hey, you know, Tony, go down the floor, you know, yeah. John, go get it. Like, you bring it yeah. up. Like, that's going to happen as a coach because now, you know, it, it gives you two different rhythms as well. You know, some some yeah. kids may feed better off that, that one kid that, that brings it up the floor or they may feed off the other kid who brings you, – you just never know. Definitely. So, you, you got you to gotta kind of play that game as a coach to say, all right, you know, both of y'all going to bring it up the floor probably 50% of the time. We need yeah. both of y'all. So, you know, don't worry about anything else. Like, both of y'all going to get y'all's. If they're Definitely. both on the I same mean, And what we're talking about probably doesn't ever happen. Right. In high school, you know what I'm saying? You don't get to have these options. So, with that being said, like, what happens if you just have one guard, right? Like, what, what do you look for in your point guard? So, your point guard is just average height. Okay, so average would be five, what, about six five, eight, five, ten. Average height for high school. Oh, for high school, point guard. High school, yeah, that's probably about yeah, <laughs> about five yeah. eleven. Yeah, five eleven, six foot pushing it. Um, the the thing that I I would look for in my point guard, you know, like you said, nice build, nice size, decent athleticism. Mm. Um, I want somebody who could push it. You know, I, I want I want somebody who has IQ. You know, like kids nowadays, I feel like the talent is there. I, I, feel, mm. I feel like they shoot the ball effortlessly. Um, they really understand body control uh, pretty well. You know, from the different you know two K layup packages that that these kids have nowadays is is outrageous. You know, so mm. though, that athletic ability, that talent. I think is going to come with that guard. So let's say that that, that talent is there. The, the thing that I look for is the mental side of the IQ. I want a, a smart guard. You know, yeah, it's, it's great to see them guards who scoring 50 a night. You know, mm -hmm. but at the same time, how are they scoring these 50? You know, does that is that really going to translate from this game to the next? You know, you you got some kids who's going fifth just because of the the area that they play in. Yeah. It's like, mm, well, they really just not playing against anybody. But you playing against high level competition, you know, you scoring twenty five a night, but you also getting six rebounds. You 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 might get four or five assists in high school. That's great. That, that, yeah. That's phenomenal because you're thinking the game through. Like, it ain't always got to be this ISO one-on-one -on -one James Harden style of basketball. I can actually move the ball with lesser teammates and we still be successful because I make them better. Like, that's that's what I yeah. look for out, out of that out of that athlete. So, so just a smart, smart guard. Um, I, I think, obviously, yeah, that's what you the, want. Because the athleticism is there. Yeah, because your your point guard is your quarterback, right? Uh, so with me and my teams, 
I want my guard to be an extension of me, which is a cliche that point guard is supposed to be an extension of the coach, but it's a fact. It, it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, um, like I have, we have like guard meetings during, throughout the season. We have guard and post workouts throughout yeah. the season. So they know exactly what I want and what we're trying to do, you know? So I want my guard, even if they're not vocal, like, cause every, every right. kid's not vocal. They're not a vocal leader. Like the point guard doesn't have to be the leader of the team, but I need them to be able to communicate with somebody that doesn't know what the hell they're doing to know, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like if you're in the wrong position, you know what I'm saying? If you're supposed to be on the left side right, of the right. it's, it's possession. Put us you know in what I'm saying? I need, exactly, exactly. And so I don't have to call a timeout to get us in, in the right position. So uh, I was just saying being coachable and being ex- be an extension of the coach. And um, obviously your yeah, IQ as well. Um, but I think what another attribute is that I think that's overlooked um, is, well, I don't know if it's an attribute, it's a skill set probably, is passing. It's so many times that that we play guards and, like, me and you watch a lot of film, right? So, like, we watch the guards and we see what they can't right. do, right? So, it's like, oh, she crosses over right to left every time, but it's a right-handed pass to the left side of the floor, right? So, we got to do if a shoot gap. It's a steal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a steal, right? So, I, so that's what I'm saying. So, I think passing as as the point guard is probably the most underrated skill set that's not taught is passing. Obviously, we focus on ball handling and everything like that. But being able to pass the ball, I think, is, is a huge factor. That wins and loses in games. Right. I mean, I, I definitely uh, agree with you on that. I, I think passing is something that we, we have to look for in our point guard 1,000% of the time. Because you yeah. need somebody who can who can get the the offense started. You need somebody who can who can make sure that if we are in bad situations, we can make a a good crisp pass. You know, when the play breaks down to a guard, so they can be open for a shot mm. or, or or whatever yeah, you you may need. And we're going to cover more on you know point guards and and their different attributes and things like that in, in a later segment. So. Um, with these same players that we're talking about, a lot of the high-profile players that that we see on, on a daily basis as, as far as within our states, and then that we see on TV, you know, from the ESPN Top 100 and stuff like that, um, players are now on the move. They are not staying in the same state that they are in, um, and, and they are switching coast-to-coast coast if necessary. Um, collegiate players yeah. or, or switching schools like, you know, babies change diapers because they're trying to find yeah. the, the best opportunity for them. So, you know, Mike, what is your take on how, I, I don't know if I want to say easy, but, you know, how this state-to-state change affects basketball and affects these players? Well, I think... I don't know how it affects basketball. So we'll start at the okay. high school ranks first. So at the high school ranks, I don't know how it affects basketball per se. 
because in certain situations you move to go to a prep school right if your prep school if your state that you live in doesn't have a prep school you move to a state that has a prep school because that prep school is going to be playing on a national schedule right right so that means you're playing against other top 100 players and you're playing against guys that are going to yeah, the NBA. It, like you're playing you're playing it against really these guys. levels it out for the school he just left <laughs> exactly you know what i'm saying so if you if you if you if you're ranked number 1 in your state and then you rank number 5 in the country and let's say yeah like i live in colorado right so you live in colorado you bro you kill it like there's, there's nobody, nobody that can guard here. you so so you have to move like we just finally got we just got prep school this year in in colorado um they're playing they're playing on the uh the grind circuit or whatever but it's like and that's the national circuit but you have to move to california you have to move to nevada so you know so you can get on one of these teams that you can be on so you can actually showcase your talent like all right he's playing these scrubs in 4a in colorado but now he's on the national circuit he's, he's still, still dropping doing 25. the same thing it's not right. fluke. he's doing the same exactly he's doing the same thing so it's helping your 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 college recruiting and it's also helping your nfl draft stock because these coaches see you out here playing yeah you know what i'm saying like oh you playing against a guard that we say is top three yeah. And you killing him, so you gotta be, you gotta be. Yeah, you have to be something you know great. Saying? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, with that being said, so yeah, so I guess like, I don't think it. I don't think it hurts high school basketball. Um, I think for the families though, that's that tough. is crazy. Like I, you know, I, 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 I think that's what I think that's who is tough on, um, and. Literally just going from state to state or let's just say you even move a county. You know what I'm saying? That means you are uprooting your family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and kudos to the parents. If they all if they dialed in and all in on their kid. They find a way to make it work. You know. Exactly. I, I How think, you feel about it? I, I think it helps high school basketball. High school. Okay. Um, I, I definitely do because you know, having Zion on, you know, this regular inner city school schedule, I mean, he's going to just, yeah. he's going to dominate. Yeah. You know, so so those other kids, like, they get the experience of playing with Zion. You know, I played against Eric Bledsoe. It is something that I will never forget in my mm. life. You know, because some kids mm. just can't go two prep schools or go to that national circuit. They just can't. Some, some of them, you know, their families are just not built for it. So so you will get yeah. the, the occasion of of where you have these different types of players, you know, playing against these lesser athletes. So I, I think, yeah. yeah, if that kid has an opportunity, then I, I think it helps high school basketball because now other kids get an opportunity you know, this kid is actually, like you said, showcasing their talent on the national level. So yeah. I think that's a good – it's kind of a bad, too, because everybody doesn't get the chance to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and uh, you use a good point bringing up Zion. But, like, so, like, Zion, him being who he was, he, he didn't, didn't have, have to go to a prep school. <laughs>
Yeah, so and and that's another thing, you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like me, like I coach a kid that moved to Cleveland. Like he he he's from Colorado, he moved to Cleveland to go to a prep right. school, right? His family's yeah. still here in Colorado. But he lives cuz the prep school has dorms and everything like that. On he campus. lives on campus. Yeah, college athlete. at the school, right? So it's just like exactly, right? So it's like he needed to go to that prep school so he could get college right. looks. Because he right. wasn't getting looks here. So, like, if you are already highly touted and highly ranked player, do you actually need? Like, what's the point of you moving high schools when we have Nike UIBL, yeah, the Under Armour Circuit, Eves Garland? Like, what, what's the, like, what purpose is that giving you? Is it better coaching? So, like, what is it? So, you know, those AAU circuits definitely give you that exposure, as you brought up. Mm-hmm. I do think to a certain degree that, it is coaching. Would I choose a prep school coach over a inner, you know, quote unquote inner city public high school coach? Probably. You know, I, I think they have different connections as well that the inner city high schools may not have, with the exception of a few. Because you do have some coaches that are yeah. in public schools that. They have great connections with, you know, NBA, as far as NBA coaches and, you know, high-level D1, mid-level D1, D2, JUCO. You know, I actually know a guy who mm-hmm. got a lot of, you know, connections like that in the coaching world. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do think you have a better opportunity for coaching at the prep school than you would at most, you know, regular, quote-unquote, regular high schools. So, yeah, I think coaching is part of it. But like you said, if you – if you already a high profile talent, um, look, let my let my family let my family relax. Like, let us be in, in the same city together. Finish out high school. You know, I'm already number one. You know, they know this. They see it. I don't have to move. You know, but like you said, mid mid level people, it could be something that greatly boosts your stock. So, I guess it's the the, the family situation, the kids situation as well. I mean, definitely, and I think I think when you are a high level kid, and if you're a competitor, you want to go. You want you want you want to be, you want to go. So I mean, that's just basketball. So obviously, right now with COVID, it's been kids flying all over the place, right? Because in certain states they're not playing right. football, right? So they gotta they literally move into the south so they can play football. Like in one instance, it's it's the number. Uh, I think he's the number two quarterback in the country from California and he already, he's a senior year. He already committed. Uh, I think he committed to Oregon. Um, he has, he has plethora of offers and everything like that. He just wanted to play football his senior year. So they've moved from, from Southern California to Valdosta, oh, wow. Georgia. Valdosta, Georgia is a small town, but they are, they are. Yeah. High school. Yeah. Valdosta, they, they are very yeah. good. Yeah, they they are nationally ranked high school, but it's a little town. It's like a couple thousand people in that town, like twenty five hundred people, <laughs> but they nationally ranked in high school football. So they moved from California. So literally, his his parents had to legally separate. They had to legally separate, and him and his mother moved to Valdosta, Georgia, his dad is still in Southern California. Cause that was like 
that's the only way that he could be eligible right away was that you can't that's just move. Crazy. You could you couldn't just your whole family just couldn't move. It had to be a situation. like it has to be a, like some type of situation. So like his parents had to separate legally separate. That, that is absolutely insane. <laughs> for him to play his senior I love year. It. I I love it because you're doing it for your child. You're trying to give them the best opportunity. Yeah. And, you know. It's just a sheet of paper that say we separate. Like we're still together, but it's tough though, bro. Like I tough. have to go through a court-organized legal separation just for my child. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I just I want to move. That's why. That that's that's why I'm moving. Yeah, I'm moving because I want to. <laughs> I got a better job in Georgia. And that's where I'm going. Like yeah. me and my husband, me and my wife, you know, we're we're staying together. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Whichever situation yeah. you're it, in. It's, yeah, it, bro, it, it's wild because like his son, their son was like, I want to compete for a national championship. He's like, that's what I wanted to do. It's my senior year. That's what I want. He's like, I don't want to sit out. But it's other kids that are sitting out yes. because they already got it's Florida and Georgia and everything like that. They already sit. Yeah, it's a choice. So I mean, it's happening everywhere that, like, because obviously us being from the South, football is God. So we going to play football regardless. We Alabama football, high school football started on time. You know what I'm saying? Like, there, there's yes. – we playing football. So with the with these states that aren't allowing kids to do it, I mean, it happened in Iowa, kids moving from Iowa to Illinois, everything like that, you know, he's like, man, I need more film so I can, you know, so I can get – so I get college coaches I to, to, to be interested in me. I gotta have more film. I'm trying to go. To yeah, I need to get an free. offer. So, so once again, it's the same thing. You got high level kids that are like, look, I just want to compete. You got these mid to low kids like, look, I need film so I can go to college, so I can get a scholarship, right? So I need to move because of the pandemic, what's happening right now, so I can get a scholarship, get a full ride somewhere. Uh, I think if it's that sit if it's that type of situation where the state that you live in or the county you live in is not allowing you to play football and that's what you've been working your whole life for and you need to move, I feel like I feel like that's a good move for your family. Cause you're putting your family in a point where they ain't gotta pay for school. And you put yourself at a at a at a situation where you're getting a college a free free college education for four years. Like it's gonna be uncomfortable. <laughs> like it's gonna be uncomfortable because you're literally uprooting your family, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So now switching gears, we we've been talking about the the players and how they have to move. We- parenting in a different way as far as some of the sacrifices they may have to make for their child to move uh to be able to 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 go play at a at a higher level and compete at a higher level but what about the parents who are actually coaching their child um and we're not talking about the parents from the stands you know, we're not we're not talking about <laughs> yeah. those who yell at the refs. We're talking about the the actual coaching on the sideline. You're the head coach. 
you have important decisions to make and your child sitting right there too. Coach Mike, what what is your take? Me personally, I would never be able to coach my child. Uh, I'll be able to work with my kid, like train and everything like that. I would not be able to coach my child. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I don't think I could. I don't think I don't think I would do a good job at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really, I really, I really don't think I really don't think I would do a good job at it. I feel like our relationship would be terrible. You know, um, because obviously I'm gonna treat he or she the way I treat everybody else. You know, and I think being a parent coach, that's how you have to be. And me being a child of a parent coach, my dad coached me in football for four years. My dad coached me in football for four years. And I was actually the quarterback. That was literally the hardest four (laughs) years of my life. Like, no lie. It was so hard, bro, because you can't get away from You can't get – you at home – you watching football on Sunday. You see how he doing that. You see how he doing this. You know, like it's right. Like you physically and mentally cannot get away from it. After practice, together. you in the car going home. After the game, you in the car going home. You know what I'm saying? It's just like you're in a real bubble. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like it's like, yeah, it's a real bubble. Um, I love that parents have that opportunity to do that. Um, how you navigate it, I think it's very important. I think my dad did do a good job because at some point when I would say, I would say the first year it was, it was, it was kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? He treated me like everybody else was treated or whatever. But then after that, it was like the team took a spurt and I took a spurt. Like we all just got better. Right. But then it was just like, it was more yeah. on me, you know what I'm saying? So, like, he won't, like, necessarily treat me the same. He was he had me held up to a higher level than everybody else, you know? Uh, oh, and yeah. you've met my father, and you know how and you know how he is. So, you can just you, – you've Shout been on the job Ray. site with him, so you can imagine how he is on the football. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine how he is on the sideline. You know what I'm saying? Game on the line. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. So – um, one of one of I actually a guy that I coach with. Uh, he coached his son, and he's still coaching his daughter right now. I coach his daughter at Columbine, and he coaches uh his sons in college now. So I think he's coached his son his entire life. So seventeen years, he wow. <laughs> you know that he's coached his son in basketball, and they have a great relationship. You know what I'm saying? But he allowed me to coach his son, so this is how he did it. Like he coached everybody else. He really didn't say anything to Dan yeah. in front of me. You know what I'm saying? So he allowed me to coach his son. So, like, when Dan was tripping, right? I, you know, I'm there. You feel me? Like, he's hearing so, it from so me. He's not, not really like, hearing oh, it from Dan. Dan. I don't know what happened yeah. when they got home. Exactly. Like, I don't know what happened when they got home, yes. but, like, on the sideline. I think it's a it very thin line. Um, I do think that it depends on the level at the same time too because you do have those okay very few 
who coach their children in college. I believe college players have a different mindset. When they go out there, it, it probably is like, you know, this is, you know, for my for me, just this coach pairs. Like, that ain't dad. When 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 I walk on that floor, you yeah. know, because I know dad looking at me, he's saying, mm. you know, A23 or A4. Like, it ain't no A son. Mm. Like, yeah, I know you my kid, but it's time to get to work. So yeah. that's the college side yeah. of it. High school can be very tricky, I think. Uh, you know, you got the you, you got the mental stuff going on in school. That's when the relationships start. You know, all of this different clutter begins to form around. You know, for, yeah. for puberty and stuff like that. You know, so I think that's trick. I think that might be the trickiest one because because high school. You know, at a at a young age, you treat younger kids a little bit different. Like, yeah, that's your kid. Yeah, he's four years old. But are you really yelling like that for real? Nah. You know, depend depending on depending on the level of the children. <laughs> you know, if, if you yeah. if you know your kid is better than all the other kids, like yeah, you want them to score. But you you mostly getting mad mm-hmm. at them because you're like, okay, don't do the stuff they're doing because you know better. You know, even though they go, oh, mm-hmm. well, dad, everybody running with the ball. Well, we don't. So that, I, I guess that's a little tricky, too. But I don't think it's trickier than the high school. Uh, I think middle school, uh, middle school. That's when hey, I was playing for my dad. Middle that was tough, bro. tougher than high school. <laughs> just, just thinking about it. Because that was that's tough. when everything really starts to change mentally for your, for your child. And it's like, oh, well, I'm not good enough for my dad. Like, no, I can't have that happen. You know, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You know, always, forever. You yeah. my, you're my baby girl. You're my baby boy. Like, don't don't ever think that. So, yeah, yeah I think middle school is the tri- trickiest. I think high school after that, you know, then I think the little, the younger age. Because at that age, too, they, they still like, well, you know, I can just tell my dad I want to do it. You know, like yeah. that's it. Like I don't like basketball. You make me hate it. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm seven years old. I just want to be a kid. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, I guess that's kind of the order that yeah. that I would put them put them in. It's it's tricky though, but I, I think it could work. Like you said, if you make those good relationships, but you got to pay attention to it. I mean, I mean, it, it definitely. I think in any situation, it strains a relationship. It uh, it doesn't yeah. matter what, compa- what com- age it is. I think, I think, I think. yeah, yeah, it, it, it strains a relationship. It, it it also predicates on the parent how they are. Like if you just out there, <laughs> good job, Johnny. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You turn the ball over thirty times. Good job. You, if you that type of parent, coach. Whatever. That's not. I that's feel like you said right. your child exactly. is a failure. That's, that's not. That's not right at all. <laughs> but, but it's, but it's parent coaches out there like that. But then we have the other extreme of parent coaches, which, um, you know, which brings me to mind to a quarterback from Cali that was like in the mid '80s, early '90s. Um, they call him Robo QB. Bros on Sports Illustrated. 
everything. His dad was monitoring what he ate. His dad was doing Pilates with him when he was two years old. Bruh, been living like it's crazy. Like he he molded his son because his father was the strength and conditioning coach for the oh, Oakland yeah. Raiders, right? And, yeah, so he molded his son his entire Made life to machine. be an NFL quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, literally, like, test tube, baby. Like, <laughs> this is what it's going to be. You running eight miles home after you have a bad game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you threw for 300 yards in a right. little league game? So, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it's crazy. Uh, so, you have that extreme of a parent that just drives their kid to the ground and then makes them not love the game anymore, you know? His son ended up making it to the NFL, but, like, he was so messed up. He never – you know, obviously when – I mean, worst comes to worst, drugs, party, and all that, because he never got to do any of it. You know what I'm saying? He never got to be a, a high school kid. He never got – when he was at USC, he left Crazy. his sophomore year, which is unheard of. You you declare for the draft Bro. your sophomore year? I, I knew I was going to be you good. Know, <laughs> you know, so it, you know, so it, it's crazy. So like, so like parents like that, that type of parent coach is what we don't need. You know what I'm saying? At that point, if you want your child to be like that, you need to hand you need to hand your child to somebody else. Like that needs to come from somebody else because you and your son or daughter yeah, are you're, not going to be good later on down the road. That relationship with them because you because you're just hammering away yeah. you're just knocking down yeah. the confidence you, yeah. you're, you're not building them up in, mm. in any type of way honestly not, none at all yeah yeah i mean so like advice uh, for my a advice coach, for a parent coach at any level would be monitor the relationship between you and your child as far as really just having those conversations with them, those heartfelt conversations and the tough ones, you know, outside of basketball or football or whatever sport that you coach them in. Uh, really talk about their feelings, really mm -hmm. talk about things to where basketball or the sport that they're participating in is really still continuing to be an outlet for them. You know, you don't want to hammer them down so much to where they feel like they can't talk to you outside of the sport because they only see coach you know coach whomever they don't see dad they don't see mom you know mm -hmm. they just see coach 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 all the time so mm -hmm. really really monitor that um I, I think that's huge um and i think it's big for you for you as the parent too because you get to tell your child you know your feelings you know and or your partner if you if you still have that situation um pray that you do but if you have that situation going on, you know, talk to your partner as well, e even through the tough stuff. So that that would be yeah. my my biggest yeah. advice or or you know option to those parent coaches. What you got? Uh, yeah, I was going to touch on the partner thing. I know my mom; she was in the middle of a lot of <laughs> a lot of just spewing back and forth, you know what I'm saying? And I can only imagine the conversations that they were having in their, you know, in their bedroom after games or whatever, how my dad was speaking to me or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think if you're a player coach, like you said, like the relationship you have with your, with your, with your child. And I think the relationship that you have with your husband or wife or 
or your partner or whatever. I think that bond right there, I think oh yeah, you guys have to be on the same page. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Y'all have to be on the same page. And if your partner tells you, hey, you might need to pull the reins back a little bit, they're they're right. You know what I'm saying? Like nine times out of ten, they're right. You know, I think there is a gray area. It kind of depends on kind of depends on what situation that they're talking about. But uh, I think I think y'all need to lean on each other and understand how to help your child grow because you're not also building an athlete. You're building a young adult, right? So you have to be able to instill great qualities in them as a person. That's what I think sports are about. You know what I'm saying? It teaches you life lessons. So you can't just hammer them away with <laughs> – Three step drop backs, hit the slant on the fifth step. You know right. what I'm saying? Like you can't kill them like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't kill them like that. So I, I think I think that's the most important thing. Just continue the relationship, build a relationship, and love makes the love. world go round. As we wrap up today's segment, we just want to give a special special thank you to all of our listeners out there. We do appreciate everything that you are doing as far as listening to us comment on our instagram page or or just giving us any type of feedback that helps us be better with this podcast we hope that if you're new that you will come back and listen to us again we hope that if you're also new we want you to go and follow our instagram page at coach bruce underscore coach mike we appreciate you we love you we thank you this is your full time out Stop the clock.